Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Money and me on your money, only on Money FM 89.3. Are higher costs denting the returns of REITs? What are some challenges to the profitability of S-REITs? Apart from rising interest rates, could weakening regional currencies, for example, be impacting performance? With persistent macroeconomic headwinds, we continue our hunt for good dividend stocks. And today we're diving into the S-REIT pool. Later on, we'll take a look at U.S.-China tensions ramping up. First round was U.S. versus TikTok. Now China's taking on Micron. Beijing says, hey, we think this U.S. company is bad for our national security. So who are the winners and the losers given the escalating tit-for-tat tensions? It is first time to dive into the potential profit pool with a dividend titan who always makes a splash when he comes onto your money. Willie King is founder of the blog that is a must-read. Willie, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Michelle. I'm good. It seems like it's also gloomy this morning and, you know, talking about our favourite <laughs> sector. <laughs> it seems like everyone is jittery about it. It is. What do you think could be weighing on sentiment in the REIT sector? I want to start with Maple Tree Logistics Trust. It saw mm. its income distributable uh, to unit holders move the dial up by just over 1% in the first quarter. Well, what are some of the challenges to its profitability? Why has it made your list? Yeah, I mean, since we're talking about REITs and you know, things are, are looking so gloomy here, I think mm-hmm. it's uh, interesting to look into some of the boring businesses and Maple Tree Logistics Trust is actually one of them. So this is, um, what's actually interesting here is actually their asset recycling plan. So while many people are actually talking about how REITs are buying out assets in order to grow and expand their assets, and at this time it's not really a very ideal situation because cost is going up like what you have mentioned earlier, Michelle. Mm-hmm. Um, but what is interesting here for Maple Tree Logistics Trust is that um, what they're doing is they're selling off some of their existing assets to buy newer ones. So these newer assets are roughly about close to $1 billion in property value. But what's interesting is that many of their assets, mostly in Japan, are still under-rented, meaning that a lot of their rent, um, which they're going to buy out from Japan, these assets, they still are under-rented, even though they are fully occupied. Meaning that while the, the assets have a slightly lower net property income yield, roughly about 3 plus percent, which they're going to buy, um, there could be a potential increase in the rent adjustments as they buy out these assets. Now, the thing about REITs is that, you know, you can either grow uh, organically mm-hmm. uh, one way, you know, to grow the distribution per unit, or you can actually expand and buy out uh, new ex- assets and expand their property. So in this case, um, you know, Maple Tree already has more than uh, 185 assets or exactly 185 assets and close to 900 tenants. Um, doing this allows them to more than diversify their portfolio here within this um, you know, high interest rate environment. So interesting. Um, when we look at the asset recycling, what's out and what's in? So a lot of times when... Um, REITs do asset recycling. One thing which I will be very concerned about is are they actually selling down uh, some of their best assets, uh, mm-hmm. some of their best properties? And that's something which I'm concerned. Uh, the good thing is that um, REITs which are able to actually sell off some of their non-profitable or low, slightly less 
profitable ones tend to be really good news, especially for shareholders, because this means that they will have a lot of space in their more space in their portfolio to include the newer, fresher assets. Now, one thing about Maple Tree Logistics Trust is what I noticed here, um, this interesting piece of information, is that when they sell off their two assets recently, one in Singapore and one in Malaysia, mm-hmm. surprisingly for a logistics player, they are able to actually sell it at a premium to the current valuation. So this was actually interesting to me because mm. many of these logistics um, assets or logistics properties, they tend to have very short lease life or short leasehold, land leases, which means that the value starts to depreciate over time. But Maple Tree Logistics Trust was able to actually sell off this asset at a slightly premium to the current valuation, which means that they would have more money in their pocket, which also means that they are able to actually make use of this money to reinvest into newer assets, which have a longer land leases. Okay. Um, do you think currency fluctuations have affected Maple Tree Logistics Trust significantly? What are some uh, you know, concerns on the ground that you're hearing? Mm. So, very interesting. Maple Tree Logistics Trust, um, compared to the other Maple Tree peers, is they, they do invest across um, all over the world. So, you don't just look into Singapore, but they also have in China, uh, Japan, yep. and parts of the US as well. So, this gives them a very nice diversification, which also means that they are also subjected to um, foreign currency exposure. So this is a lot like your Capital Land Ascenders read, where they also invest across overseas. Now, the, the good thing about Maple Tree Logistics Trust is that they are able to hedge themselves in terms of the foreign currency. That means they are able to protect themselves, lock in a fixed foreign currency rate um, you know, over the next uh, six months, 12 months, or even 18 months. Um, oh. And in fact, um, more than 70 over percent of their currency exposure is already hatched, which means that if, let's say, um, the Japanese yen or the Malaysian ringgit depreciates against the Singapore dollar, mm-hmm. they will still be able to fare uh, pretty well in terms of collecting the revenue in foreign currency and converting to Singapore dollar. Now, the reason why their latest quarterly uh, revenues and their net profits isn't doing very well, mm. uh, also because of their foreign currency, is because they still have some portion of their foreign currency exposed. That means living unhatched. That's roughly about 25 about 25% of their total revenue. So this actually comes from your China renminbi, your, your, your China yuan, for example, and your Vietnamese dong, uh, which they didn't have uh, a full hedge against um, their foreign currency. So this, this could be slight, um, there's some temporary weakness in their latest quarterly. But going forward, if you see Maple Tree Logistics Trust, they are well diversified. Um, they have, you know, uh, 185 properties all over the world. So while some foreign currencies might appreciate against other currencies, this sort of balances out or evens out the kind of um, foreign exchange risk which they might be holding. So growth drivers, as you see it, uh, their asset recycling, which could boost uh, returns through divestments uh, and that potential Fed rate cut, obviously, for its asset enhancement projects. Mm. Yeah, um, one thing which I am actually concerned about Maple Tree Logistics Trust is a bit on their refinancing plans because they do have some um, debt which might be, be refinancing over the next uh, one to two years. So this could affect um, the distribution per unit, mm-hmm. but I don't think it will be a major concern here because, uh, number one, they already have um, hatched most of their interest costs. That's the first thing. Mm-hmm. And number two, um, I don't expect the DPU to be affected too much because a lot uh, the bulk of their debt has been pushed beyond, you know, the third year, fourth year onwards. So 
you know, as interest rates uh, peaked, you know, like what uh, some of the analysts and economists are saying, um, if interest rates starts to actually fall from um, the peak which we might be seeing this year, then this could be a good thing for Maple Tree Logistics Trust. All right. From Maple Tree Logistics Trust, we're moving to the next item on the dividend titans list, and that is Maple Tree Industrial Trust. Year to date, mm. REITs have been up about five percent here as REITs, um, but this REIT beats that, doesn't it, in terms of dividend yield? Mm. Yep. So this is um, Maple Tree Pan Asia Commercial Trust is actually yielding about five plus percent, and I think the, the problem here with Maple Tree is that because after the merger last year. Um, they do absorb both the Chinese, uh, the China retail and office portfolios. So that also includes Hong Kong. And China retail leasing right now is uh, still relatively weak, which means that there are actually much more uh, shop spaces or retail spaces uh, than demand in the central Beijing area where Maple Tree Panasia Commercial Trust is focused in. And one of its major assets is Festival Walk Hong Kong. Um, that is still struggling with growing its rent. Um, you know, if you see from since the reopening of um, Hong Kong last year, uh, the rental reversion for Festival Walk is still kind of struggling there because they are facing negative rental adjustments. Um, overall, their China properties still have the lowest occupancy rate at about 86%. So for me, refinancing is not a really a huge concern. But, you know, if interest rates continue to stay high, then this might be um, an issue for Maple Tree Panasia Commercial Trust. Now, why is it interesting for me and why is it um, in my watch list is because um, this REIT still has the two crown jewels, which I like very much, mm-hmm. which is Bebo City and Maple, Maple Tree Business City. So these are still very, very strong assets and they occupy 40% of the total portfolio. So Bebo City, you see, um, since the reopening, their retail, their, their traffic actually gone up about 30% and their are Tenant sales actually gone up about 18%. So there is actually a very strong food traffic into Vivo City, which makes it a very strong asset here. And, you know, if you see as a long-term investor, if China and Hong Kong uh, recovers in terms of their retail and commercial spaces, then the, the dividends should continue to grow. I'm wondering if you know anything about funds flow into this particular REIT. I mean, overall, we know that institutional inflows into REITs here in Singapore seem to be easing. Um, But the Fed's impending rate could see increased traction. Do do, do you know anything about the funds flow into this particular REIT? Mm. So... um I think for now, I think it's still very hard to track. Uh, but what I think, because this is a blue chip, um, institutions tend to like some of these big um, blue chip names because it's usually a flight to quality and it also, it's also a sign of safety. Because if you see for Singapore REIT, they are split up into two different spectrums. You have um, um, Singapore REITs which own foreign assets, which might have some form of risk, as we are seeing in some of the sectors, um, the overseas sectors. But on the other hand, you are also looking at some of these um, very strong, very healthy blue chip, where they are able to manage their gearing profile, where they are able to manage their debt maturity profile. And this is something which um, a lot of institutions, they like and they are usually attracted to some of these uh, REITs itself. Okay, give us your view on how Maple Tree Pan Asia Commercial Trust, um, how it's making use of its profits. Is it doing so in an efficient manner in your point of view? Mm. So for Maple Tree Pan Asia um, Commercial Trust, what they usually do is they have a, like what I mentioned, um, they have a dividend policy that they pay out you know, at least more than 90%. 
So usually what they do is they pay out most of their earnings as distribution. And for now, you know, there isn't really major, um, huge acquisitions for the REIT itself. Mm. I think what they're really focusing on is they are trying to renovate or readjust some of their properties in order to improve and expand um, some of their leasing spaces. Okay. Uh, Would you say this is another example of a well-capitalized, stable REIT that looks like it has potential to pull ahead with growth? Mm. So... There is a there is two things here. Number one, what I I am actually have a bit of a concern is their China retail leasing space. Mm. Um, so that's something where they have actually slightly more supply than demand in mm. China, uh, specifically in Beijing. Um, their festival walk Hong Kong is kind of still struggling with growing its rent. Mm. But on the other hand, I still like their Singapore assets. I still I still think they are still really strong, and this, this is something um, I see as a strong anchor of their very stable dividend yield. So the dividend yield is roughly about 5.7%. Yeah. And I don't think it will uh, go down too much, largely because uh, Vivo City and Maple Tree Business City are still really strong assets here. Now, I know Maple Tree Industrial Trust is on your list, right? Mm, okay, yes. I'm going to put you on the spot here, okay, just for fun. Maple Tree <laughs> Pan Asia Commercial Trust versus Maple Tree Industrial Trust, which would you say could be the better buy? <laughs> That's a good one, Michelle. Okay, so this is something which I also um, share with my readers. And if you ask me, um, my favorite right now is Maple Tree Industrial Trust. Um, number one, it has a dividend yield of 5.9% versus Maple Tree Pan Asia Commercial Trust, which is 5.7%. Mm-hmm. The difference here is that um, while Maple Tree Pan Asia Commercial Trust has that weakness in Hong Kong and China, Maple Tree Industrial Trust, uh, very interestingly, um, number one, they are still not hit too much by refinancing, meaning that if you see a lot of their debt are actually coming due beyond 2025 onwards. So this leaves them a lot of breathing room, um, even if, let's say, the, the Fed continues to hike interest rates over the next, say, two years. Um, this gives them a lot of room to go. And I kind of like the story of uh, shifting towards data centers because Maple Tree Industrial Trust, um, since they got listed in 2007, they are the, one of the very few Singapore REITs where they have steadily grown their distribution per unit by more than 77% uh, since listing. So this means, right, um, for Maple Tree Industrial Trust, um, as they acquire um, new properties and expand the portfolio, there isn't really as much of what I call a dilutive effect. Because if you see for Singapore REITs, right, the problem with them is that if they can grow organically by raising rent, but a lot of Singapore REITs also try to expand their assets, which we are also seeing right now. Mm -hmm. And if they actually buy assets, which are what they call dilutive, meaning that the yield on these new assets isn't high enough to justify the amount of shares which they issue, Mm. then there could be a fall in the DPU. But I'm not really seeing that much um, of that dilutive effect for Maple Tree Industrial Trust. And I guess the reason why is because, number one, as they're moving towards data centers, data centers tend to command a much higher property yield. So when they acquire some of these data centers in the US, for example, they have a much higher uh, yield. And back then, when they were buying such properties, the borrowing costs uh, was very low. So this mm-hmm. gives them a very good profit margin. And that's something which I like about Maple Tree Industrial Trust. And they're not very ag- aggressive with their acquisitions. In fact, last year, what I like about what the CEO mentioned, 
he said that, you know, at this point during the high interest rate environment, they are actually slowing some of the acquisitions. So this is contrary to what yeah. a lot of Singapore REITs are doing, which is actually expanding their portfolio, growing their portfolio, even though the interest cost or the interest rates are very high. So this is interesting and it might be primer time as well. Uh, what do you make of the gearing ratio of Maple Tree Industrial Trust compared to the other two picks? So if you see all the three maple tree um, reads, right, mm-hmm. um, the, the, the one that's the healthiest is actually maple tree industrial trust because they are about 37% in terms of the gearing. Maple tree penager is 40%. Maple tree logistics trust, even though it's about 36, 37%, but they're actually buying out, uh, they're actually very aggressive in their acquisitions. So this could push their gearing up close to 40%. While all three of them are still relatively healthy, in my view, but if you're talking about the healthiest of all healthy, um, <laughs> the industrial trust strikes to me as um, having the lowest gearing, which is really a good thing because um, if, let's say, you know, um, they want to actually grow their portfolio, this gives them a lot of firepower to power on, power on more debt in order to grow the distribution per unit. Okay. Now, this might be a very basic question, but I thought I'd ask it because this is in the news today. You know, there's a, an article from our sister publication asking, are falling net asset values on NAVs one of the reasons for growing concern for SRE investors? So are SRE investors looking particularly at net asset values of REITs and um, is there concern there? Is it, for the listener, net asset value is derived, you know, when we take the estimated market value of a REIT's total assets minus the total value of its liabilities. And according to the Business Times, managers of some 14 of the 27 S REITs that conducted their AGMs over the past month faced questions regarding NAV uh, performance. So I'm just wondering from, you know, the, the readers that you have, are there concerns that you're hearing over asset valuations? I think there's a very good point you raised out, Michelle, because this is also one of the articles I also came across this morning. And very interestingly, for REITs, a lot of the properties or the valuations have actually fallen, largely because of high interest rates, because high interest rates, uh, property value starts to drop because the projected income or the rental income for these properties would also fall. Mm-hmm. As a result, this actually... Uh, uh, cause a decline or a, a revaluation of some of these properties downwards. Now, what is interesting for me, because I'm always a contrary investor, so I like to be looking out for bargains here. Uh-huh. So on one hand, you have um, Singapore REITs, where they do have um, a very stretched uh, financial profile, meaning that the assets or the properties have actually seen a real drop in the occupancy rate. So there are some, especially for REITs, which own overseas assets. You, you are looking at some of these REITs having this foreign assets, occupancy rate fall, the rent fall. So that sort of justifies the decline in the NAV, like what you said. Now, there is, on the other hand, um, much stronger, healthier assets. The NAV has also dropped as a result of the high interest rates, but not because of the quality of the assets. Now, if you see Maple Tree Industrial Trust, uh, they do have a fall in the property valuation. So if you look, uh, if you pry open the financial statements, if you look at the balance sheet, they do have a fall in their, 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 their asset value. Now, but what is interesting here is despite the fall in the asset value, um, their occupancy rate continues to remain high. That's one. Mm-hmm. Number two, they are still able to stabilize some of this rental income. So that is something which is very contrary to what the article is saying. So while there are actually Singapore REITs facing some of these NAV problems, 
on the other hand, we have to look closer. There are opportunities where there are very strong REITs where you know the market just beat them down very unfairly. And you can see that the share price versus the NAV or the net asset value, um, the gap has started to widen. So that's where I want to be looking out for some of these opportunities. We love the discernment. He's a dividend titan. He always makes a splash here. We're diving into the potential profit pool with him. He's been very kind sharing his dividend picks with us. And now we switch gears to geopolitics. China says products made by US memory chip giant Micron technology are a national security risk. So the country, China's uh, cyberspace regulator, announced on over the weekend that America's biggest maker of memory chips poses a serious network security risk. Does this sound familiar? Just think of the US going after ByteDance and TikTok recently. It's a bit of a tit for tat, right? But the moves by China means that Micron's products are going to be banned from key infrastructural projects in China, which is the world's second largest economy. This is China's first major move against a US chip maker as tensions increase between Beijing and Washington. So as an investor, I wanted to get your take on this, uh, Willie. China stocks rallied on the news. Uh, we saw shares of Chinese chip makers largely rising uh, following the move earlier this week, Monday. Uh, Hua Hong Semiconductor, that's Hong Kong listed, rose as much as 3% Monday. SMIC saw a rise of about 2.64%. So my question for you is, you know, one man's meat's another man's poison. Do you think South Korean or Chinese chip makers are going to benefit from this move against Micron? Yep, so that's a very good point, Michelle. Um, so you, if you see for China trying to stop Micron from uh, coming into their country, I think this is going to benefit um, the Korean chip makers. You're um, also going to see it beneficial to their own local Chinese chip makers as well because um, the interesting thing about Micron is they are in the space of memory chips. So chip makers, you have a wide range of different sectors, right? You know, producing um, uh, graphic cards, uh, CPU and for Micron they do memory chips. So memory chips is actually data storage. Um, so far, you know, you can see the, the competition has been really intense over the years, and it boils down to only three big players, which is your Samsung, Hynix, which is both are in Korea, and you have Micron as well. Um, so if let's say Micron is out of the picture, then Hynix and Samsung would definitely be beneficial to this current condition. But the thing is, Michelle, you know, I really just don't understand what's going on in this uh, whole U.S.-China debacle. I mean, it's really like two bald men trying to fight over a comb. You know, last <laughs> year you see U.S. Um, trying to stop exports of their own technology to China. And today we see China trying to stop a Micron uh, from coming into the country because of cybersecurity risk. And the funny thing is that um, memory chips usually aren't considered a cybersecurity risk because they don't require any specific software or specific code. They are mostly just transistors, you know, physical hardware used for your data storage, for your memory storage. So it typically isn't a huge attack or a target for hackers here. Yeah, you have to wonder whether China's moves are really going to advance its goal of boosting its domestic tech sector or hold it back since this is critical equipment that we're talking about. And, and you can also ask, is it feasible to completely replace all these products with domestic products and many of these core products? Uh, I, I suppose the goal here is to develop their own capabilities and avoid dependency. And we've been talking about detwinning, decoupling for years, right? We're seeing this as an 
an extension of that. But thank you very much, Willie. We're fresh out of time or we could go on and on. He is the dividend titan sharing his thoughts on dividend stocks with us this morning in the S-REIT sector and also sharing an opinion on China's moves against Micron technology. Willie, thank you so much. Thank you, Michelle. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.